wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! on the show this week uh it is back with the gridiron guys your home of the nfl south of the equator and i think this week we're going through the afc north which would mean it's my friend cameron's favorite time of the week oh absolutely big time for bias here for me uh big ravens fans so look we've got plenty to talk about pretty excited for this episode what do you reckon yeah look i'm sure you would know one or two things about these guys you might have your eye cast over them definitely i'm sure after the end of last season and you'd be having your eye on it surely and be prepped and ready to go for this year. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's get stuck into it. We all at one point or another have played for a coach of the jerk. All right. Not too much else was going on though this week in the breaking news was there. It was nice to be sort of revealed as the two faces of the Madden cover for 2020. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I don't know about you. What do you think, Cam? <laughs> yeah, well, they came out with the preview with the two goats. So no-brainer, really, to pick us as the cover for 2022, so pretty excited for that one. Been a huge rise to fame. I do feel sorry for someone, Aaron Rodgers. Jeez, he's been hard done by. He's pretty much been the only MVP in the past four or five years to not get on the cover. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a bit of a uh, stitch-up, but I wonder if he's kind of avoided the Madden curse. I know that's been broken a bit the last few years, but hopefully he avoids that. Is Madden curse dead? I think it is. Do we call it dead? Yeah, I reckon it's pretty close to dead over the last few years. Although, yeah, Lamar, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right well i think maybe we should just get into the afc north let's uh recap their 2020 shall we let's do it big trust woo, woo. lamar jackson in the flesh yes sir. all right 2020 afc north was a pretty big one where the three of the teams managed to make it into the playoffs that was a huge one there was the expanded wild card but it's Every now and again, we do sort of see these sort of divisions where three teams get into the playoffs and they're all quite evenly matched at the top there. The Steelers were the uh, uh, the overall winners with a 12-4 and four record, followed by the Ravens and the Browns on 11-5. and five. Finally, the Bengals at 4-11 and 11 rounded out the bottom. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting year for the AFC North. I know Steelers started like a house on fire, went 11-0, and 0, and then after the old uh, TikTok saga with Juju dancing on teams' logos... <laughs> Kind of sent them on a spiral downhill, losing, what, four in the next five and then bowling out in the playoffs. Pretty much, yeah. That destroyed the whole franchise record. And when you sort of think about it, you look back on the Steelers' season and you're like, I didn't really sort of see them as being that dominant. You know, considering they won 11 in a row, they were sort of being touted as a potential unbeaten team, but they were being touted as probably the worst unbeaten team in history. Yeah, the record didn't really reflect the uh, ability of the team, I don't think, which kind of showed in the end. Uh, Ravens, kind of a weird season, I think. Started really well, went down to six and five after losing three or four of five in the middle of the year. And I think that was due to COVID sort of decimated the team with like Lamar, Dobbins, a whole cast of starters out and then sort of finished the season on a high, got to that playoffs. Lamar finally won his first playoff game and then got bowled out by the Bills. Didn't really play very well, to be honest. No, well, he did cop that concussion as well, so that was a bit of a tough ask for him. Yeah, 100%. His O-line kind of let him down a few passes, like a few throws behind over his head and just things didn't really go their way with the pick six and all that sort of thing. First red zone interception, I think, as well, wasn't it, for him? Uh, 
you do look at that sort of season coming off his MVP. It was quite sort of, you know, it wasn't like he set the world alight, but he also wasn't worse than the year before. So it was sort of like, are we looking at him and going, I expect more from him because he's an MVP now, but it's actually, he's still almost as good as his MVP season, really. Oh, hundred percent. I think he's one of the most harshly judged. You know, like I'm pretty biased, but I think he's one of the most harshly judged players in the NFL. He's bloody good. I know we'll talk about this later, but I think he, he's, he's criticized far too heavily. Um, Browns, they had a pretty good season. They finished 11 and five. So they're kind of a team on the rise. And that game against the Ravens was probably one of the best games of the season. Yeah, they had a huge year, didn't they? Making the playoffs for the first time since 2002 and their first win since 1994. So finally being able to give some you know, love to the Cleveland fans, finally, for football. They were also able to send the Steelers home packing in back-to-back weeks, which was enjoyable after considering the whole Steelers fan base came out after that you know, round 17 loss, you know, saying, ah, oh, this is just our second string team. We'll get you back when you come to Pittsburgh, yada, yada, yada. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah. wasn't that a disaster from the first play? <laughs> the uh, famous quote of Browns are the Browns, and that really just sort of set the tone for that, didn't it? Uh, it did, didn't it? I think they had a good year, though. Baker Mayfield, what was his, his third year in the league? He showed a lot of, you know, quite some shine and valour, I suppose. But he sort of always feels like one of those QBs where I think probably the stats will say a bit differently, but just taken on vibe alone, you know, Every sort of year, you think players will either come back better or worse, you know. Say for like Big Ben, for example, he's getting worse. He's on the way out. But I feel like just on vibe alone, Mayfield seems to like plateau almost a little bit and you sort of come into this season thinking, oh, you know, he'll just do what he does really. He hasn't got any better, but he hasn't got any worse. Yeah, it's true. He's pretty solid, but he hasn't taken that jump. So I think, I don't know, they've built a team for him this year. I know we'll talk about that later. But yeah, you're right. In terms of he's sort of, Jumped up pretty quickly, and then he sort of just hit that flat line and just hasn't gone any better, I don't think. But he's still putting up solid numbers and getting him the wins they need. Looking at another mm. quarterback, though, poor old mm. Joe Burrow. Jeez, he, um, the pro life started tough for him, didn't it? It was sort of his first time. I think some of his first losses in his actual, like, you know, footballing career going through his high school and college, or at least definitely back to back losses for the first time he'd ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, look, that was a tough season for him. And then going down with the ACL injury, I think that just sort of stuffed Bengals from the start. Finished 4-11-1. Doesn't really show well, but it put him high on the draft board to get a good pick. Um, don't know if we'll expect too much more from them, but I guess we'll talk through that in a second. No, exactly. And especially with their offensive line, I think they didn't even really have... Well, they did have actually T. Higgins. He was in, had an explosive rookie season hitting the 1,000 yards. But I think big questions are raised over their offensive line because... Joe took plenty of leaks and, as you said, tore his ACL. But also their first um, choice running back, Joe Mixon, only notched up 400-odd yards, which, let's be honest, sucks. Yeah, it's not great, is it? Because he's actually quite a good player, so it's a bit low for him, I think. Yeah, correct. All right, let's get into this this year's predictions and teams. All right, stuck into 2021. Let's go. All right, breakdowns for the teams, and I think uh, we'll go through our predictions as well. We'll start off with the Ravens because I have them winning the division. I'm not sure about you, Cam, probably. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that was an easy pick for me. I know I'm biased. I have them with a record of 14-3 and three and winning the division, yeah. Yeah, I've got them looking at 15-2, and two, so having quite a good season. Lamar Jackson looking to really get into his fourth year and really stretch his legs, and they've definitely bumped up the wide receivers as well, which was definitely one of your worst spots last year, wasn't it? 
Oh, 100%. I think looking at, like, he get, as I said before, he gets heavily criticized. Since starting, he has a, what, plus 800 win percentage. I think only one person's better than that is Pat Mahomes at the moment. Um, what else? He's, had, he's 10 and 6 against teams with winning records. He's, and then they talk about he can't play from behind. And in his first three seasons, he's had four fourth quarter comebacks. Mahomes has had six. And then looking at a funny stat here, actually, Rogers, when he is behind by a point against teams with winning records, he is zero and 37. So everyone talks about him being clutch, but that record really doesn't reflect sort of that sort of thing. So I think Lamar gets a lot more hate than he deserves. I think so. And it does come with that territory of being that run first quarterback coming out of college, really. Everyone's got your, you know, they just don't believe that you can do it in the pro game. It's, you've got to be a pocket passer if you want to make it in this league. But they definitely look to be on the ups. I know he obviously he was he was the team's highest rusher, but Gus Edwards was a start and Dobbins is just going to be next level this year, I think, isn't he? Especially with the additions to your O-line in Alejandro Villanueva. God. Yeah, 100%. I think that's like our game is built around the running game and Lamar is used in that sense. I know you talk about, yeah, they want pocket passes, but I think you've just got to play to your strengths. Like he might not be that player. He probably will improve in the passing game because looking at our wide receiver room last year, if you look at that for any team and you tell me, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, Des Bryant, and Miles Boykin are your starting wide receivers. That is horrific. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, well, I think we just, like, as you said, Gus and JK and Lamar being able to run, that's just going to set the world on fire. Yeah, play to your strengths, as you said. Play to your strengths. It'll be good yeah. too as well because you do get, um, so Ronnie Stanley comes back as well, doesn't he? But he did lose yeah. tackle Orlando Brown over the offseason because of that recurrence yeah 100% you did and we did say villain waiver Kevin Zeitler from Giants can fill in that guard spot that we mm. sort of struggled with and yeah we kind of bolstered the offensive offensive line while losing a good player in Orlando Brown so that's fine yeah I think you take that don't you really and as you said play to your strengths rush first then you know Lamar's only going to have plenty of time to learn how to throw it realistically what's he got probably another 10-15 years in the league <laughs> oh, 100%. If he can remain uninjured, which is touch and go in terms of because he's a runner. But look, Ravens went out and improved the wide receiver room. And they had to. Like, as you said, it was a pretty dire room. Like, now we've got Hollywood, Sammy Watkins, who has the potential to be very good. We went out yeah. and drafted uh, Rashad Bateman in the first round, Tylan Wallace. We've still got Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, and James Prochet. So there'll probably be some guys cut there. But And then you've got Mark Andrews as your receiving tight end and Nick Boyle as your blocking tight end for those like running packages. So they've improved the offense, I feel. Yeah. And I think that's all you can ask for really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, 100%. I think that's all we can ask for. And then looking at the draft, we did just say Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace. Two other guys we grabbed, and I think one was another in the first round, uh, Adafe Owe, or was Jason Owe, now Adafe Owe. Yeah. Uh, just a freak athlete. So they're not sure about what he can do on the field, but just the athletic ability of this guy is insane. Yeah, massively raw. So it's just going to be how you mould him essentially. Like he's just that big athletic guy, as you said. But I think they definitely put him in as a pass rusher and just say, go find the footy. And I think when you get a guy like that who can just push through and hunt a man, that can only spell trouble for other teams. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. There's there's going to put up problems for the team. Like our defense is always probably one of our best things. Our secondary is very good with Marcus Peters mm-hmm. and Marlon Humphreys like solidifying the back. The the safeties are not too bad. We kind of try to improve that a little bit, and then linebackers and defensive ends and pass rushes. That's kind of where our biggest holes have lied over the last few years. Losing Judon and Gokwe, 
although they didn't get a huge amount of sacks, they still put pressure on every QB on most plays. Yeah, leading into Ravens, it's looking pretty, isn't it? Do you think that does Lamar, granted he did win that playoff, his first playoff victory last year, does that, you know, silence the critics of he can't actually play in the playoffs? Does he make that next two, three wins now? Yeah, I still reckon yes and no. I know once they got that first win, it kind of got the monkey off the back, so to say. But that then losing to the Bills, and the Bills are a very good team. They're going to be a very good team for a while. I think he's still got to prove himself. I know looking like Peyton Manning lost his first three playoff games in his first, in his first three years of making it. Like there's players like Drew Brees and other ones that get to the playoffs and it takes them a while to actually get those wins. So I'm not going to ride him off just yet. I'm a pretty big Lamar fan and I'll back him to the hills. So look, up if we, we need to make the playoffs this year with this team. Yeah, correct. And, you know, when Lamar's running well, I mean, that MVP year, that just had everyone talking. It's That's what football's all about. When these guys go out and they ball, it looks good. <laughs> it's so good to watch and like I'm pretty excited for this year I think the division could be pretty tight like look I put the Ravens on top winning pretty like by a couple of games but these can go either way we know these in-division games are really tough it's like the NFC East we were talking about last week even if the division's struggling or they're not going that well these games mean so much to these teams yeah exactly especially with the hate between some of them now but yeah. I think moving on we got the Browns next and I have two words for you, Cam. Super Bowl contender. That's Oy. right. When would you have ever thought that you were saying Super Bowl contender for the Browns? Oh, these guys were the basket case for so long, so that's a huge call. So shall we get into the Cleveland Browns? I think so. Righto, Browns coming up in second in the division. I've got them having a record of 13 and four. Cameron, what's your prediction? Uh, I've got the Browns with a 12 and five, but looking at the predictions today, there's some games there that could be very tight and they could they could pip the Ravens and they could they could easily win this division. As you said, Super Bowl contender. I think they've got the personnel on board now to make the next step. They are easily the most hyped-up team in the North. I mean, they just added some absolute elite throbbers to the defence. We're talking Jadavion Clowney, John Johnson III, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Takarist McKinley and Greg Newsom too. Like, that is just adding quality of stars to all three levels of their defence. Like, that is just insane, the amount of talent that they were managed to bring in. Yeah, they really fixed up that defence. I know secondary was probably the biggest gaping hole for them. And they just shorted it up. And like if Newsom fits in really well, Rusu Karamoa, he dropped down the draft board, but he could be an absolute freak. So this is kind of scary for me. Like I know Ravens are good, but Browns are coming. Oh, and I know. And you add that to the defense of Miles Garrett, like that's just fucked. <laughs> yeah, they could be very good this year. And the, 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 the defense could be, I mean, top 10, top five by the end of the year. It'll be interesting to see, but I'm pretty keen to see some of their games. Yeah, no, it's going to be elite. And especially when, as we sort of mentioned before, now on the flip side offense, it's nice when ballers get to ball. And this year, OBJ comes back straight from return from injury. I think, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how he fits. What do you reckon? Like, does he fit in again? Because I know last year before he was injured, he had a bit of trouble with, you know, trying to get the ball thrown to him. Yeah, whether he's still there, there's always that question mark of if he's going to change teams. If he stays, like, yeah, look, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Rashad Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I know those names don't jump off the tape, paper as 
superstars, but they did a job last year and they picked up. I saw Anthony Schwartz, not a household name, but super, super fast guy out of Auburn. So look, yeah, you're right. Their, their offense is pretty exciting and they just get opened up because you've got Nick Chubb in the backfield and Kareem Hunt, which could be probably the best running back duo in the league. Easily. Like between those two guys, their one-two punch is just, oh, it was outstanding. The amount of times that Chubb would just bulldoze his way over that line, those short gains. And even like you look at Hunt, he's like, okay, he left the Chiefs, correct me if I'm wrong, off, you know, alleged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look, yeah, he left on poor but, terms and didn't you know, he was doing something. Yeah. He was still at the top of his game. That's what I'm getting at, essentially. So as much as it was a bit of a dark term for him, he's still probably at the top of his game. So he literally got two running backs who are up there with the best. I wouldn't say top five, but easily in the top 10. That's a dangerous combo. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Nick Chubb is probably, I would say, definitely top five. Kareem Hunt, red zone, I'd say he's probably very good, very high up there. But, yeah, it just complements, like, their offense so nicely. And that offensive line is ridiculous. I know they picked up Jack Conklin from Tennessee the previous year. And then Wyatt Teller's been a star out coming from Buffalo. Joel Petonio, JC Treader, and Jedrick Wills, I think that was out of Alabama in 2020 when they drafted him. Their line is just huge. Yeah, mouth-watering stuff. So I think it's clearly like this is their championship window because I know I think their biggest thing leading into the net not just this year, but the next couple of years will be that a lot of players are sort of nearing extensions or I know their five-year options and things like that. So the cap could come to hurt them in a year or two. So it's almost like a now or never. And a lot of that, by the sounds of it, is going to be resting on Baker Mayfield because the pieces are there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's 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 make or break for them eventually. Like these blokes are being paid a fair chunk of money. They're going to have to pay yeah, these guys pretty handsomely to keep them on board. Like they're going to warrant some pretty big contracts. But as you said, Super Bowl contender, I don't think that's a horrible take. Like I reckon people probably would have laughed at you at the start of last year, maybe the year before, but now it's not such a, not such a far-fetched idea. No, exactly. And I think you got to lead it all onto the fact of they built well, but they finally managed to find, as we sort of mentioned, Baker, just that solid QB who was able to, take hold of the mantle because I think going through the years with the QBs that they sort of had no one they sort of needed someone with a bit of swagger that could you know handle the Browns being that loser for a bit almost and handle all that pressure they did try Manziel well (laughs) I was just about to say they did try that with Johnny Manziel but that just crashed and burned didn't it like (laughs) oh yeah I'd love for him to come back that'd be great God, I think he's still he'd either be running around in this. No, I don't even think he's in the CFL at the moment. He's probably in some arena football thing. Or oh, I yeah, I think you're right. That sort of play your own league or whatever it is. Where <laughs> the uh, audience calls the plays. That's They're right. Fan controlled football. That is the one. I couldn't think of the name, but oh, it's good to see him still kicking because he is a personality. And that, and I think that's what you need for a team like the Browns. You know, you just need sort of a personality that's going to be able to deliver. And geez, he's got that in absolute swathes. Yeah, he does. He does. It's funny looking at them. We talked about their draft, which I think they nailed. Greg Newsom, Abusu Karamo, and then free agency they nailed. This is a scary team. And like I know we said Ravens both winning the division, but this can easily go to them. A couple of games they take off in division and they're on the top easy. Yeah. And I think that's the scary thing. Even if, as we said, they don't win the division, they come through. That's a that's not a wild card team you want to meet really, is it, on week one? Oh, 100% not. That is a tough team to face. So I think for the Browns, like, yeah, playoffs is the goal for them. 
and how far they can go is probably determined on Baker's play, I think, once they get there. Because that defense can take them pretty far, but Baker needs to sort of get it going in playoffs. Yeah, that wraps us up for the Browns. Uh, on to the next team. Let's do it. All right, falling all the way from the top of the division last year into third place, I have the Steelers coming in with a record of just under 500 at 8 and 9. Cameron, yourself? Yeah, it's pretty stiff there. I've gone 10 and 7. Again, with the division games going back and forth against each other, I think they might take a few off each other. I still think they're pretty solid. So 10 and 7s, I think, is a pretty fair record. But as you said, they could drop a few more. They're not Mm. probably as good as they were. So it'd be interesting to see where they land at the end of this year. No, I definitely don't think they're as good as they were. Uh, as we sort of said, they were probably the most unassuming, undefeated team until they lost last year. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, <laughs> but they're looking at sort of like, you know, Big Ben is ageing, as we said. And again, last year, he still put up some good numbers, but he's just, you can see it's the, the finish line's there. It's, I even see this could potentially be his last year, maybe next year if he manages to push it through. But this is the end of Big Ben. And as we've sort of said previously before, QBs are the ones that are going to make it for you. And especially when their O-line is just a mess at the moment, really. Yeah, they've gone from probably one of the best O-lines to being decimated. I know they lost Mike Pouncey to uh, retirement and then we took Villanueva. Um, But yeah, Big Ben, this is make or break for him in terms of his career. Like as we talked about with other players, leaving that sour taste in your mouth, finishing off a quality career in such a poor way. So he's the, yeah, he is the make or break. Because looking at their backups, they've got what Mason Rudolph, Josh Astro Dobbs from Tennessee, yeah. and even Dwayne Haskins. I didn't yeah. even realize he was there, but they picked him up. So that'd be interesting to see whether they use him at all. Yeah, correct. It'll be interesting to see who they even have once the roster, you know, gets cut down, essentially. But Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, I don't think they go long-term with Rudolph, do they really? He, he has been able to plug a hole when he came in, and he was actually quite good, to be honest, but he just doesn't scream franchise QB to me. So, Yeah, probably still suffering from concussion from Miles Garrett's helmet. Yeah, that was rough, wasn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't like to have that hit. But I suppose that just... As you sort of said, this is what this division's about. You know, they hate each other. So all these division matchups can go either way. I just, yeah. for me, the Steelers, they have, it feels like they've taken almost a step back. The only thing that they have added was Najee Harris. Like, that's about it, really, for me. Yeah, he's, he, you're right. He's one I'm pretty excited to see because I think the last few years, their rushing attack has kind of gone downhill. James kind of came in and did a job for a bit. They had Le'Veon mm. Bell, who was probably one of the best running backs in the league when they had him. So that's probably one of the things they've gone downhill with. So Najee Harris, I'm pretty excited to see. And they've got a couple of guys, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, who can do a job too. So they'll probably have a reasonable rushing attack by committee. But um, Najee Harris is one I'd love to see, going a first-round pick on a running back, see what he can do. Everyone loves him too as well. He's just got that great mentality. You hear about all the coaches, you know, he's just staying hours and hours after practice to try and get more reps in and things like that. And you just love that about the new guys when they just want to grab the game by the balls and just... Fucking get stuck into it, hey? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think I saw one of the coaches saying, like, he had to go home, and he was just telling Najee, "Mate, I've got to go home. I can't be here any longer." You <laughs> facility. So I mean, that speaks volumes of him. So that's pretty funny. Um, looking at the wide receiver room, we've obviously got Mister Controversy, TikTok star Juju Smith-Schuster, um, who was rumored to go to a number of teams in the offseason, but ended up taking less money to stay at the Steelers. I know Ravens threw money at him, which would be weird going out of division. Uh, in division, sorry. Mm. 
Yeah, that would have it would have been weird to see him in those sort of colours. I think I don't want to say it's hard to say what happens in a dressing room and things like that, but you can tell that people weren't super happy with what Juju was doing last year, and it definitely brought them a little bit of bad Juju, and that's how possibly why they ended up losing to the Browns twice in a row. I don't know. I'm not one oh. to um, back against omens, but. <laughs> it did my head in seeing that. Like, I can't imagine how much it frustrated teams when they were doing that on the team logo and they were just taking the piss out of teams. And then they got found out. So him and Claypool, like, Claypool was so, like, polarizing because he was so good on the field, but oh. he was, like, people just either hated him or loved him. So their wide receiver rooms, still not too bad because they've got Deontay Johnson who loves the drop of the football, but they've got, <laughs> they're all three pretty quality players. And James Washington's not too bad either. Yeah, no, they definitely have that sort of spark on offense, I think. But they, looking on their defense, they lost a lot. Like they lost their top two of their top three corners. They lost a salary cap. And then they also lost edge rusher Alvin Dupree. So it, they've got a pretty much a tough defense coming in, which was probably their shining light last year through TJ Watt, who I think was pro, pretty unlucky to not win defensive player of the year. Yeah, he was elite last year. Most sacks, and I know Aaron Donald's very good, or more than very good, but yeah, TJ Watt <laughs> is pushing for Defensive Player of the Year. I still rate their secondary. Looking here, Joe Hayden's still good. Minka Fitzpatrick's elite. Terrell Edmonds is elite. Cameron Sutton doesn't do a bad job from the nickel, Tennessee good player. Um, and they're still, well, they lost Javon Hargrave and Bud Dupree, but they've still got Cameron Hayward, Aluwalu, Stephen Tuitt. And Devin Bush, like there's still some very good players getting around on that defense, which they kind of pride themselves on. This, this this division actually prides itself a lot on defense. I think most of these teams love their defense. It is, isn't it? So that mentality of like D first and then working across the offense really. It's but it is it is that old steel steel wall type mentality, isn't it? Back from back in the day that they love that down there. They love to get in the down and dirty. Yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing make me wouldn't nothing would make me happier than seeing him not make it, but I can still see them making it. Uh, having a look at the draft for them, uh, Najee Harris, we talked about Pat Frymuth, so they sort of bolstered up the tight ends, which isn't something that haven't been that good for a while. Eric Ebron they had, and he's not too bad, but yeah, Frymuth could be pretty good. And the other one was Quincy, Quincy Roche, uh, was someone that might be all right. Uh, and the other exciting thing is part two of Aussies in the NFL. We have one Jordan Berry, punter, out of Eastern Kentucky, playing for Pittsburgh since 2015, I saw. Yeah, I do feel bad for him, though, because as I sort of mentioned, the other good pickup from the un- uh, free agency was my boy, Presley Harvin. I know we talked yes. about him earlier on, and <laughs> I feel sorry for the, that Berry's got to go up against him, but I'm sure the, the best man will win. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We're always going to back the Aussies in, but we do like our man Presley. So hopefully, <laughs> you can we can keep them both on the roster, and we'll keep that's a key, keen interest on them. I think so. They don't really need to keep both Dwayne and uh, Rudolph. They can probably fit away a couple of those and fit in an extra punter. <laughs> yeah, no brainer. All right. So yeah, I think Pittsburgh for me is playoff potential, but could this be the decline of Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think this is the sort of this is the end of the fairy tale, really. Yeah, absolutely. All right, on to the last team. Lucky last, uh, the Bengals. Finally getting, maybe get to see a full year of our man Burrow. But, uh, well, I can't remember how I did this prediction, but because I closed down the website and I only took photos. So I'm not quite sure what I did for their matchups, but I only have them winning one game and 16 losses. 
Gee whiz, yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen because I mean, no. yeah, as you said, like, but it's like I think talking about it, it sounds worse. But when you're physically doing it, the predictions, you're like, no, nah, there's no chance they're going to win this. So I think you, yeah. when you finish up doing all the predictions at once, some of these records look stupid. So I guess they may not play out the way we say. <laughs> but I've gone uh, Bengals three and fourteen, so not winning too many more. No. But yeah, we'll see. It is funny when you do do it and you're like clicking through and you're like, ah, oh, no, this one win, this one lost, this one lose. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, do they only win one or two games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes you go back through and sort of change it up a bit, which you shouldn't because you should, it is what you think. And then there's those top teams winning way too many games. So, look, no. Bengals could be anything this year. As you said, Joe Burrow full season. That's what we're most excited for, I think. I think so. And again... I'm coming back to it again, but we love when these special players get to play ball. And unfortunately, we were robbed of a bit last year. And I think the biggest thing with the Bengals, I'm worried that I'm gonna we're gonna be robbed of it for the future because they just did nothing or not much at all to their O line. And that was sort of the issue with it last year. He got absolutely beaten up. He took so many leaks. Like Yeah, they, they didn't do a huge amount, did they? I saw they picked up Riley Reef, and that's probably the only notable player I thought they picked up. Not even really notable, to be honest. Like, uh, personally, I would have loved to have gone into that. They had a great pick in the draft. There was some yep. good offensive line players out in Panay Suel or Rashan Slater that I was really hoping they'd go for. I mean, I don't hate the pick of Jamar Chase, but, geez, get my man Burrow some protection. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think we both agreed that they we didn't think they were going to go Chase. We thought they were going to go lineman, and we were pretty keen on that. And, like, as you said, going Chase – Pairing them back up, those two did huge things in college. Mm. But, yeah, I think you're right here. That could be their undoing. Unless they fix that up, that's going to struggle. And talking about Jamar Chase, though, he adds to a big wide receiver room. As we mentioned, Higgins had a great year last year and also Tyler Boyd. They can combine. That'll be elite. Yeah, I actually don't mind their wide receiver room. They probably got one of the better ones in this division. I know Browns are pretty good. but This could probably be the best, if not the second best, between those two. And they've got Auden Tate as well. I don't know who their tight end is at the moment. Um, but, like, this is a – that's a decent wide receiver room. So, Burrow's got the targets. It's, as you said, can they keep him upright? And will that will that hurt the rushing attack? Joe Mixon, as you said earlier in the episode, had really low stats for a guy of his talent. No, exactly. And they don't even really uh, – again, not really a running back by committee as much as well, mainly just on the lines of Joe. Uh, I don't know. Their offense will be interesting. If they can stay upright, that'll be the – I think that's going to be the biggest question mark, isn't it, really? That's about it. Yeah, yeah, because I think – I'm just looking here and I wrote down they picked up one in the second round from Clemson, an offensive tackle. Didn't really know who he was, to be honest. And so, yeah, was that a reach? So we'll awesome. see. Um, they, are, they made some other moves in free agency. They picked up a whole bunch of corners, Chidobe Awuze, Eli Apple. I think there was one more I can't think of. Then they've got Larry Joby. Trey Hendrickson was probably the biggest one. I think he was from the Saints. That's probably one of their best mm-hmm. acquisitions of the offseason. Well, I think, as you said, they're going to need to move on a bit of defense because this offense is clearly going to be something that they build on over the next couple of years. So if at least they can stop the bleeding for use of a better words, they can prevent let their offense grow a little bit and have some time with the footy to grow over the next two or three years because they do have quite a young sort of core. Yeah, it's true. So look, they're 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 sort of a watch this space team. Could be anything. Hopefully, we can get two wins against them this year. We'll <laughs> move on to the next year. Look, ASC North is one of those divisions that's just hotly contested every year, and now Browns adding to the mix after being the whipping boys for so long. 
makes it even more interesting. So for me, obviously, I'm a Ravens fan. It's a pretty exciting division. But I think for anyone watching football, this is good football to watch. Yeah, it just comes down to it again, those interdivisionary rivals. And then once the sort of the Browns and the Ravens step outside and they get to play some of those interconference rivals and even go across and play some of the bigger NFC teams, it just makes for such a spectacle, whether it's, you know, those Thursday night or Sunday night football games. I think we'll all be really excited for those. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the AFC North for 2021. Do we have anything else, Zach? Nah, I think that's about it, really. We'll uh, be back this time next week for another uh, review or prediction. Yeah, absolutely, unless something changes in the next few weeks. There hasn't really been too much coming out of the NFL world at the moment. It's going to be quiet. Um, so we might have a few things in the works, but, yeah, look forward to a uh, NFC North preview next week. Very much so. Uh, you know, as always, Cameron, it's been real. It's been good. just hasn't been real good. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.